God, we thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives today. Amen. Pray that you just continue that ministry. May church, um, may this Sunday, may tomorrow if we wake up, just be a, a day filled of hope. Hope of your goodness, hope of your future for us, hope for our families, hope in our mess. God, I just ask that hope would resonate with, with us. May we have ears to hear today, eyes to see, a heart just postured to uh, receive from you, feet willing to run with obedience, minds to comprehend, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm happy to see that many of you guys have come back from last week's discussion. Thank you. Um, praise God. So if you are new here, we are doing a summer soapbox series. So what ended up happening is we, we received um, questions from the congregation, and we are choosing to answer those questions. So that's what we're doing. And today we get to talk about the Trinity. And I guess I didn't realize the Trinity was so... Um, um, controversial, but I'm beginning to learn. Um, for me, I guess it was always like, oh yeah, God is Jesus, Jesus is Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is God, and it just works that way. But to other people, um, not in a bad way, it, thank you, Daniel. Um, I don't even think of those things. Um, to other people, there are challenges. How can he be individual, but yet uniquely uh, um, the same. So we get to dive into that today. I have a good friend of mine, Ryan Rhodes, here today. Ryan and I probably met 12, 13 years ago, and um, it doesn't seem, well, no, probably not that long, probably at least 10, 10 9, 10 ish. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> Us and our, um, our developing age. So Ryan, um, Ryan was at, at Ohio State when I was over there as well. And actually, Melody Stauffer said, hey, you know, you need to get with Ryan Rhodes. And I believe she even talked to you. And then we had uh, mutual connections. And we got together at, uh, I believe, Kane's Chicken in Columbus with Kane's uh, <laughs> anointed, right? So we, we met at Kane's and just started to connect. And I started to share just a vision that God put on my heart for revival in Ohio and the horseshoe being filled with people just coming to Christ and being healed and revival taking place. And I kept on looking at him and uh, all the friends that he brought that day smile. And I'm like, come on, what are you smiling about? And they said, that's the same thing that God put on our heart. And from that point, um, I've probably seen Ryan 10 times in 10 years, but we're truly family. Anything that I ever need, anything that he needs, we try to make it happen. And um, He's going to challenge you guys today in a very unique perspective, which I love. And I, and I honor and I value that. That's why I brought you here. Rob, is, um, Rob was out at Bethel Church in Redding, California for a couple years. Rob's always been a part of this community. And um, his family I love. Luke is great. Um, good friend of mine. And Mark, where's Mark? What's up, Mark? Um, I always remember their names growing up. Matthew, Mark, Luke, right? So I always said if they had another son, it had to be John. 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 It just had to be. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's awesome. And then we have the one and only Showalters. So missionaries. <laughs> how about this? Founders of the church. So <laughs> founder, the original leaders of the church. So um, mm -hmm. we have quite the panel today. <laughs> so um, let's just start, and maybe we'll start with Richard. Um, how do we know the difference in the three parts of the Trinity? What's your perspective of the three parts of the Trinity? <laughs> well, uh, my answer is really quite simple. Uh, the only way I know the three parts of the Trinity is through revelation, through the scripture. Uh, you know, I can't just look back at my experience and say, well, I met God the Father this day and God the Holy Spirit a different day and, and Jesus another day, although that's happened uh, in one way or another. But the way I learned these things was simply through reading the Bible. Uh, the Bible introduces us to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. 
So for me, it's just that simple. Do you have any, not to put you on the spot, do you have any specific scripture that you like to look at in reference to that or that you can think of? Um, well, there are a lot of scriptures. Uh, one that really struck me this morning is what we've been singing. Mm -hmm. Holy, holy, holy. Mm -hmm. Isaiah 6. Mm -hmm. Holy, God the Father. Holy, God the Son. Mm -hmm. Holy, God the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's just one of many. Yeah. Uh, the Great Commission, mm -hmm. uh, Matthew 28. Yep. Yep. baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, God speaking at the very beginning in, in the book of Genesis, mm -hmm. let us make man in our image, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the image of God. And so right away there's plurality there. Mm -hmm. And it's just sprinkled all through the scripture. Mm -hmm. Amen. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. Jewel? I don't think I really experience the different parts of the Trinity in different ways. Mm -hmm. It's again sort of an all-encompassing mm -hmm. uh, experiencing. Sometimes when I pray, it seems like I pray to God. Sometimes I cry out to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I just say, thank you, Jesus, when my peaches seal. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, things like that. So I feel like I just, throughout the course of the day, I interact with all three parts of the Trinity, but I don't really separate them. I don't experience them differently, but it's... And I was actually reflecting on this. Um, Richard mentioned the plurality in the Godhead, and we all know the mystery of marriage, since we're the only married couple up here. That, that's a mystery, the Trinity. But Paul uses that same term when he talks about a man and a woman being united in marriage and becoming one. And I think there's something of that same differentness but oneness. And I remember one time in the early days of this church, since you referenced that, someone wanted to talk to Richard, but Richard was busy. And so they came and talked to me instead. And then they said, oh, after talking with you, I feel like I talked with Richard. And I thought, oh, well, that's nice. If we're able to mirror that kind of oneness in our perspective and our way of relating to people, that becomes just an imperfect but little earthly image, perhaps, as we struggle to try to understand this mystery of Trinity. Um, I'm not in the norm. Um, many of you know that. And um, when I started to approach the Trinity, um, I began to look at it in a practical sense of what does it mean to me in my everyday life? You know, how does this break down? Where is the Father? Where is the Son? Where is the Holy Spirit? in my everyday life. And as, as I go back and begin to try and put that together, and I'm gonna go, try to go through this quickly with respect to you know, everybody's time. Um, but there are some things that I wanted to convey, and um, it's the only way that I can give to you how I know the Holy Spirit. And so we've got a PowerPoint presentation. And um, again, I'm gonna try and go through this very quickly. And I'm gonna have to go to my notes <laughs> because uh, it is small. Bill, did you have that on two sheets? Two slides, okay. Um, for the, for the purposes of the Trinity, meaning something in my personal walk with God and stirring excitement about my understanding of the love of the Trinity for us and for his benefit in producing a manner of life I can live out with him, I think it's best understood to the Son, Jesus. Um, Though that's not the only way to see it. 
but in Hebrews 1, 2, the, the writer of Hebrews begins out by establishing that in, that in Hebrews 1, 2, that in the last days, God has spoken to us through his son the exact representation of his nature. And so, um, knowing that, we have to go back to Jesus. I have to go back to Jesus in order to understand this whole picture. And it becomes, I feel, becomes clearer as we start to understand it. Um, throughout mankind, there have been different ages. We had the age of Noah from creation to the flood. We had the next stage from the post-flood, Abraham's covenant with God, and then the exile or the slavery into Egypt. And then lastly, we had the Mosaic time where the law was delivered and that was carried all the way into um, the New Testament time. But now, he, Jesus, has appeared at the end of the ages. We are in the last age. We are in the, what is called the last days. We are in the last ages. And he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. We are in the new covenant period. In Isaiah 61, Jesus stood up in the temple and he opened a scroll and he read it and he said, this is the acceptable year of the Lord. It was not a 365-day period. It was an acceptable period of God where he was going to do a new work in the people. It had a beginning and it will have an end. We are in that period. Um, trying to hurry. We get a picture of Jesus' status before he ever appeared on the earth in John 17, 4, because he says to the Father, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work which you, the Father, gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Now, this next verse is one that struck me like 35 years ago when I first um, heard an explanation of this. We have a pre-incarnate conversation between the Father and the Son. And the, Jesus is recorded as saying in verse 5, Therefore, when he came into the world, he said to the Father, Sacrifice and offering you, Father, have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and offerings for sins, you have not taken, you have taken no pleasure. But I, Jesus, said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. So God took all these prophecies that started at the initial fall where, where he first prophesied that there would be a seed from the woman and this seed would become a God-man. He would be both God and man. And he would crush, Satan said, Satan would bruise <laughs> his heel. But Satan was crushed by Jesus. Jesus was the seed. Um, so it kind of begs the question, why, why, why prepare a body for Jesus, the, who is known as the second member of the Trinity, in which he became a single sacrifice for sin for all time? What was the work, quoting again, again from above, which you have given to me? Thank you. Because I believe, and then, I believe that we get an insight into this in, in this next line, which is taken from 1 Samuel, where Saul was sent and he did not fully obey what God had sent him to do. And God was displeased with him. 
And so Samuel, I believe, unwittingly prophesied the atonement that was to come when he said to Saul, has God as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in delivering, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen better than a fat of rams. That, that is what God was after. So, if we go back to Hebrews 10 and we complete that, and I encourage you, you know, to read this on your own afterwards. So, what God was after was a new creation that Samuel prophesied of who would obey the voice of the Lord. And a new creation was the Trinity's desire from the very beginning in Genesis where he said this seed, this God-man, would crush Satan's head, or sit, crush Satan's head and his um, heel would be bruised. And so then in um, Hebrews, still in 10, in verses 15 and 16, says the Spirit, and he brings in the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, and lays out what he does. And it says that the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and write them on their minds. And then, this is us. You know, we're not born to live a normal Christian life. We are not born to live a Sunday morning experience. This is a lifetime, ongoing fellowship with God. That's what he was after, a new creation who would commune with him, listen to him, and then go out and do the things that he said to do. And um, I'm starting to preach, and I need to <laughs> shut up. But it, it takes. But it takes. Um, <clears throat> it, it it takes a bit of a risk to do it. You've got to lose your reputation, because God's going to ask you to do some crazy things. It's all through the Bible. He's going to ask you to do crazy things. If we never do those things, we will live the normal Christian life. We'll do a Sunday morning experience and not fulfill the new creation design that God was after. And I say here, lastly, oh Lord, and this is my prayer, oh Lord, that we may commune with you through your Holy Spirit within us and do that on a day-by-day basis. That is his desire. That is, to me, that is how we knew the Trinity. That's good. So, Ryan, same question. How do we know the difference in the three parts of the Trinity? Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this question has been contested by theologians for thousands of years good people who all knew Jesus and loved Jesus and still disagreed. Um, so my experience is a little bit different. Uh, I, I did encounter the different parts of the Trinity at different times. Um, I got saved, gave my life to Jesus, um, had a beautiful rebirth experience, and tried to follow Jesus without the Holy Spirit for a year and a half. Um, and then I I didn't know I was missing something other than I knew I was struggling constantly to, to be the person that I knew I was supposed to be. Um, and then I had an encounter with Holy Spirit, and that day uh, <laughs> changed my life. Um, and he, he, he came over me, I, I experienced him, people prophesied over me for 45 minutes, told me everything about myself, and the, the fire of God moved through me. And... Uh, 
and that's the day I met the Holy Spirit. And after that, um, my life was different. I would, there was a different boldness. There was a, a knowing. I would know things about people. I, would, I started to experience, uh, I, I was like, well, healing's in the Bible. Jesus did it. I want to see it happen. So we started praying for people on the streets, and God would heal people. So, uh, But the part that was actually one of the hardest was the Father. I had trouble with the Father. Um, and he began to come in and speak. Um, and over time, in my relationship with God, I've actually learned to kind of recognize the different voices of the three parts of the Trinity. Um, and most of the time, when you hear God, it's Holy Spirit. Most of the time, the, the things that come into your spirit, it, it's Holy Spirit speaking to you. Um, the Father has spoken very differently, and He is a Father. So, you know, like one of the things that fathers do compared, you know, fathers give identity, mothers give love. So your, your mother will love you, you could be a murderer, and they still think you're the most wonderful person in the world. Now, that's part of being a mother, that's beautiful, that's who you are. Fathers, their love is actually wrapped around your identity and who you're supposed to become. And so a lot of fathers, you can miss that and just focus on the identity and not have the love behind it, but it's actually loving you unto something, getting you to somewhere. Um, and that's who the Father is. And so the Father actually has a plan and a purpose for every person. I've, I've seen him come in and lovingly discipline me and be the one to correct me multiple times where it's a very different voice than Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's very nurturing and will push me along and be like, come on, let's do this together. Um, Jesus is very similar. He's our brother, so he'll come alongside and like walk us into stuff. I've had the Father very strictly be like, cut that out. Like, you're about to mess up your life. Or, hey, I didn't tell you to do that. Let's, let's not do that. And then he'll speak. He speaks to who I am. Um, so part of the way, I mean, this is all I got up here, so I'll use this. This is, you know, I, I have a little bit different perspective than a lot of people, uh, I, and I haven't fully worked it out because I don't know that you can fully understand it. Um, you know, I do believe there are three distinct people, the three distinct persons. Um, Jesus was here, and he was a spirit being in a body, and then the Holy Spirit descended on him. Another person, another spirit being descended upon him um, and was with him. And then at the cross, he gave up his spirit. Um, so there's, they are three distinct persons. They're, they have three distinct personalities. They are not, they, they're 100% in unity. They're 100% in community. They ha have 100% the same goal. They all honor each other um, and, and they all reveal each other. Um, but they are, they actually are different and they have different roles. Um, I heard, you know, I think, uh, Benny Hinn describes it as the father will say, turn on the light. Jesus will walk over, hit the light switch and the Holy Spirit's the power, the electricity that goes through to turn on the light. Um, you know, or, you know, it's like this water bottle. Your perspective of this water bottle is determined where you're standing in the room. The water bottle has a lid, it has a bottle and there's water inside. It's all essential water, which this is not an advertisement, but this is great water. Um, it's all essentia water, so this is essentia, just like you'd be God, but there's three parts to what this is. And sometimes your perspective's different. So if you're looking at it from this end, you might describe, well, I see a cap. And I'm looking at this end, and I'm, I'm seeing nutrition facts. And then you can sit and argue about, well, no, it's a cap. And like, no, it's nutrition facts. But you're seeing the same bottle. Um, and so I think a lot of times that's how the Trinity works, is people see different aspects of God or different parts of who he is. They'll camp around the aspect they see and they'll fight over, you know, over the difference, but it's really they're all seeing the same thing. Not that all gods are the same. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But as far as <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're seeing the same. So. It's good. I like it all. Um, you know, for me, it was just simple that um, you read the Word and you see the distinctions. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, it's, I read about the distinctions, and then it's like I do life and dis discover the distinctions. So I remember um, I've sh shared a piece of this story. I don't know if I've ever shared the complete story. Y'all might think I'm weird after this, but um, <laughs> you think I'm weird anyways. <laughs> it's only up from here, Joey. <laughs> okay. So what ended up happening was um, there was this powerful encounter I had at the altar. And I think we used to have mics taped to the stage and I remember um, this encounter that I was having. Um, I was yelling out sins. It was like gut-wrenching, God, I'm never going to do it again. Just top of my lungs. Yeah. Um, 
just yelling it out, repenting, God, I'm never gonna do it again, I'm never gonna do it again. And my flesh said in this moment, you realize there's a microphone right there. <laughs> like one, it might get picked up and through, go through the speakers or it's being recorded and they're gonna get back and figure out what Joey's doing um, behind our backs. That's right, yeah, we still got the tape. But it was, it, was, it was almost uncontrollable where my gut was just crying out, out of my mouth, just, God, I'm sorry for this, I'm sorry for that, I'm sorry for idolizing Chipotle, I'm sorry for, I'm sorry for, I'm sorry for, right? And I couldn't stop it. And what ended up happening is then there was like, and then suddenly it was like, um, here's my body, and then I saw myself. I saw myself uh, kneeling there, repenting and screaming, and I saw myself from above. And God said, like, this is your spirit. And I had this unique encounter. And then I heard the Father say, because of this day, you'll be with me for eternity. Hmm. And um, I got introduced to this idea of, like, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. And I have a spirit man inside of me. And from that point, my life has forever been changed. Hmm. Where then, um, being baptized in the Holy Spirit and starting to understand, there's a difference. I, I believe I met the Father that day and I was born again. And mm -hmm. then to then be baptized in the Holy Spirit and then to start to see the Holy Spirit side of things. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been unique. So going to the next qu question, question <laughs> what does my interaction look like daily? Um, I pray. Um, pray to the Father. I um, ask God in the sense of... Um, I guess when I use the term God, it could be Holy Spirit, it could be, I mean, God's almost could be generic term in reference to the Trinity because Jesus is God, Holy Spirit's God, and God the Father. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes I'll begin my prayer with just God, other times, um, Father, help me. Father, mm -hmm. what should I do? What are you saying about this? And then other times, just the Holy Spirit speaks. And, um, you know, at the elders retreat this uh, past week, we just had some really acute words that um, someone said, um, are you spying into my spirit? No, that's the Holy Spirit revealing things because I'm just a man. We're just, we're just people, but it's the Holy Spirit that comes in and um, challenges you. But the way that I interact is I actually um, learn more about each, the more present, available, and obedient I am each day. So you will face um, unique experiences. You will face challenging situations, but the only way for you discover God's, to discover God's voice is if, um, if you're willing to do those crazy things. So the way that I interact is to read the word, <laughs> but then test those crazy things. <laughs> the, the final thing that helps me interact with the Trinity is to every, every, um, every, every door that's shut, if every door that's shut is from the devil, right? If every closed door comes from the devil, I'm never gonna be able to fully interact with the Holy Spirit, with God the Father, with Jesus, because um, God closes doors as well. Yeah. So we need to be willing to submit to the closed doors to very um, acutely interact with the Trinity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, my spiritual father, he said, he, he told me it this way because I asked that question to him years ago and he said, uh, pray to the Father, worship Jesus, befriend the Holy Spirit. And I, I, think, I think that's one of the simplest things. Not that I don't ever talk to the others and you can... I mean, if you just address him as God, the one that you need to interact with at that moment will answer. <laughs> um, it's, it, you don't have to get super caught up in which, which you're talking to when and that sort of thing. Um, I, do, I do typically pray to the Father um, and, and seek the Father. Um, Holy Spirit really is a friend. Um, you know, Jesus and the Father are both in heaven. Holy Spirit's here. And, um, and Holy Spirit's in you, and he, he fully recognizes who you are supposed to be. He fully sees the, the plan of the Father. He fully hears the intercession of Jesus as he intercedes for you. Um, and it, it, partnering with him is, is how you become and walk out who you're supposed to be. Um, you're not made to do the, the Christian life on your own. You're not, you can't look like Jesus uh, no matter how hard you try. Um, but through following the Holy Spirit, He can make you look like Jesus. He can make it so that when you walk in the room that people experience God. 
Um, and so befriending him has been the most important thing, um, honestly, of my life because he reveals Jesus. You can't, Jesus could be standing in, in, up here on the stage and no one would know it's him unless the Holy Spirit revealed it to them. And you see that with the disciples. They're with Jesus for three years and they have momentary revelations of who Jesus is. And so if uh, this whole thing, we always say this whole thing's about Jesus, which it is, but you can't know him unless you know the Holy Spirit. You can't truly see him unless the Holy Spirit reveals him to you. And so having interaction with Holy Spirit is so key, um, befriending him. And then Jesus, uh, Joey asked me to share stories that would challenge people, so I'll throw this one in there. Um, I've had uh, several encounters now where the person of Jesus has come to me. Um, they are, they're precious, they're rare, they are... It, I, I've heard different people have had those experiences. It's happening in the Middle East like crazy right now. Mm -hmm. Muslims are constantly having Jesus appear to them. Um, I've met many of them and heard their stories. Um, but I've had, you know, one time I was, I was driving and I was, asking, I was asking God. I didn't reference a part of the training. I was just, God, <laughs> I was like, teach me about the anointing. Like, I want to know about the anointing. Mm -hmm. And as I'm driving, <laughs> try not to cry. As I'm driving, Jesus appears in my passenger seat. And he, he just said, ask me anything. And all I could do was cry. And I learned more about the anointing that day, crying as his presence was there. And everything I needed was there. And there's nothing to say. I've heard, I've heard different people say that. Like there's, when the anointing shows up, there's nothing to say. And I just cried. You know, another time I, I had been seeking, I wanted to know about the fear of the Lord. And so for two years, I, I sought God. I'm like, okay, if this is the beginning of wisdom, and also, I'm having crazy supernatural experiences, and I, I would ask, like, you know, how do I keep myself from going off the deep end, some weird, I've seen people go weird with that stuff, and I, I was told, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is what keeps you from going too far. And so, I was like, God, I need the fear of the Lord. Like, teach me what that is, because I've always heard, it's just reverence and all, he's great. And it's like, I, I read Revelation, I read Ezekiel, he seems a little bit more than just, oh, he's great. <laughs> And so, I'll never forget, God woke me up in the middle of the night and said, go downstairs. So I walk, I walk downstairs, and Jesus is standing in my, in my living room, and I've never been so terrified in my life. And that's hard for a lot of people to hear, but just as much as he's lamb, he's lion, and he's terrifying. He's the king of the universe, and this fear hit me that was, I just had to run. I ran away from him. I ran upstairs. I went to my office, got on my face. And I was like, God, what was that? And I heard him so clearly. He said, he said pray fire over Ukraine. And I was like, what? Like, pray fire over Ukraine. I was like, I didn't even, is Ukraine even a nation anymore? And I'm like trying to, I'm like, okay, God, I, I just released fire over Ukraine. I look up at my clock, and this was about three in the morning, but my clock, which is right, said 555, 555. And I was like, that's weird, because I knew it wasn't that time. And then I, I finished praying and went to bed. <laughs> didn't want to go downstairs. I was scared, hidden under the covers. And, uh, and I woke up the next day, and I was like, God, I need, I need scripture to confirm this. Like, this was, this was too crazy. I don't understand it. And I shared it with my wife, and she's like, she's like look up Psalm, Psalm 55.5 and Isaiah 55.5. Psalm 55.5 is fear and, trembling, fear and trembling have come upon me. And... And by the way, I confirmed the next day, my clock was right. So that was supernatural in itself that my clock changed over. And then Isaiah 55.5 says, you'll call upon a nation that you know not of, or a nation that you know not of will call upon you, um, however that goes. And it was, that's what happened. It was, God gave me a nation, said, pray fire over Ukraine. Well, what I didn't know was that was the, the next day was the day that Russia invaded Ukraine and started the war that's been going on for several years. And so then I, I found that out like a week later and I called my spiritual father and I was like, I, got, I had this encounter. I was like, does this sound real? And he's like, the king of the universe was in your living room and you ran away. He's like, that sounds like wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then he was like, and I said, well, I prayed fire of Ukraine and they went to war, so it must not have worked. And he's like, why do you think that didn't work? Like, why do you think that wasn't what God was on? And he's like, just watch and see what happens. And here, you know, it's been a couple years, Ukraine just became a Christian nation, officially legalized Christianity. That war started revival there. It started a hunger in the people to go after something different than communism. So 
Anyways, the person of Jesus, when he's, the, the times I've interacted with him, it's been very specific for something very specific to happen because God co-labors with people. He actually doesn't run around doing a lot of things sovereignly. He actually wants to co-labor with you, and that means it comes out your mouth because that's how he moves. So that's a whole other thing, but yeah. Um, well, I wish the Lord had appeared to me, but he hasn't. Um, the, there were a, th- a few things that I had down here. Um, what does your interaction with the Trinity look like is a question. And, and for me, it, it's um, fluid. Sometimes it's quiet interaction, you know, just trying to hear his voice. Um, what would you have me to read? You know, things like that. Uh, sometimes there's what the King James Bible calls an unction, which means an anointing, where we'll have a knowing that has an anointing with that. And with that unction, um, there is information that is given to us that we can give to other people that will keep them maybe from making a tragic mistake if they receive the words that you say to them. Uh, those things kind of happen. And then sometimes it just absolutely gets crazy. Um, we had um, a woman diagnosed with cancer and we were praying for a small church setting uh, six nights a week. And um, I left one night and um, the, the car, honestly, um, you know, I'm not going to lie before the Lord, there's no reason. Um, the car, honestly, just kind of lit up, even though there was no visible light. And I just had an understanding that the cancer that she was experiencing was being caused by, by a demonic spirit. And um, that kind of changed. I don't remember how. <clears throat> but then I, I saw a, a, a um, scene where it was like a black room. Everything was painted black, and there was a black veil. And I knew sitting behind that black veil was that demonic figure. And um, all he wanted to do was sit and be unnoticed, go completely unnoticed, uh, and um, do his dirty work. And... Um, he, he, he still does. I heard a guy say, the devil does not care if you come to church. It means nothing to him. Mm-hmm. It's how you live that really matters. Yeah. And um, he wants to go unnoticed. Um, I had a nighttime visitation. This is going to sound wild. I'm not going to go into much detail. Um, uh, the Holy Spirit ministered strongly. Um, you know, there's a, a saying that uh, if you never run into the devil, you may be going the same direction he's going. Um, my prayer for a long time had been, Lord, I want more of you at any cost. Well, that happened one night. Um, and... Um, just in the short, it turned out to be a three and a half hour um, episode of um, wrestling in part with demonic spirits, being choked, you know, being moved, my body, the bed being shaken, things like that. There was never any fear. The devil doesn't have any power. You know, he likes to put on demonstration but he has no power. Um, We had a prayer meeting when I was in my early 20s, and the Spirit of God fell very strongly. It was just a bunch of us young guys in our probably early 20s, late teens. And um, we held it at a guy's house, and uh, the Spirit of God fell very, very strongly. We were just all filled with joy, and then the telephone rings, and um, a guy is going to commit suicide, mm-hmm. and he wants to talk, and it's like, 
How'd that happen? You know, here's a guy that, how did he get that phone number, you know, to call us for help? So we all jumped in a couple cars, go down, pick him up, and bring him back, and he got saved. Um, you know, those are, are, in my experience, kind of the, the spectrum of um, things that God would do if we're really seeking him and really available. Um, I, I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Um, I have not had a lot of these kinds of supernatural experiences that you're talking about, and I don't know. I've often wanted more of them, uh, but it seems like I am a more left-brained kind of a person. I've been very word-based. I'm very obedience-focused, and uh, I would say my key verse in life has been seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I see that as both my material needs, which that passage references, but also if I need these um, ice cream sundaes, as it were, I feel like my walk, just to use an analogy to say, I think these kinds of supernatural experiences are really like ice cream sundaes, but we need the meat and the potatoes and every day the salt, you know, that basic, seasoning of the word and it's lovely when we go out for ice cream and we have a really you know wonderful miraculous experience and I've had a few of those but I guess as I've even sort of like sought those and like God why can't I have experiences like that um, it always just comes back to just you know if you know me you will obey me you will follow me you will walk in obedience whether or not you have a lot of ice cream sundaes, as it were. And um, so, and, and I was also just remembering how Jesus taught the disciples to pray when they came and said, you know, teach us to pray. And he just started, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so that's been just a constant theme of mine uh, in my prayer life and in my daily walk. Uh, there was also a time when I did, um, I remember often thinking as I tried to walk in obedience and realized that I needed the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. It's not just simply imitating Christ. Um, we don't have the power to do that, that there was a new, I would call it more rather than an infilling of the Holy Spirit, but an unwrapping of something which already was present. I sensed the Holy Spirit was present with me always, yeah. but there was a releasing of the Spirit in my life and a new sensitivity uh, rather than a dramatic sort of infilling uh, of the Holy Spirit would be my testimony. Just to, just to add to that, if, if you're not in the Word, it's going to be really hard to know the Father's heart. So, you know, we were facing something several, uh, Macy and I were facing something several years ago, and uh, we, were, we were talking with a friend, and um, I just felt like I was cornered, Macy and I were cornered, we didn't have anything else we could do. We just found ourselves in the situation. There's no escape. There's none. And then it was like... Um, I was reminded of Moses when he was trapped at the Red Sea. Nowhere to go. The enemy mm -hmm. roaring at him. And then I said, but my God's the God who splits the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. And when I declared his word and when his re word was reminded, of me, uh, reminded to me, tears just came down my face. Mm -hmm. But it was it, that interaction came because of my time and study of the word that um, the Holy Spirit reminds you of things. He doesn't necessarily just... Amen. You can't be lazy and, and say, well, Holy Spirit, teach me your word. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He'll remind you of the word that you've already consumed. Yeah. Or he might lead you to read the word. Mm -hmm. So, um, likewise, yeah, you, you, have mm -hmm. to, you have to read the word to fully function with the Trinity. Mm -hmm. Richard, what's your interaction look like? 
So what does my interaction with the Trinity look like? Um, these months, uh, the first uh, few moments after I wake each morning, I sing, Father, I adore you, Jesus, Spirit. Uh, so that's just uh, a practical uh, example of one way that I interact with the Trinity at the very beginning of each day. Um, I spend time uh, listening, in listening prayer. That's part of my daily routine. And I was trying to decide when I, when I listen, to whom am I listening? And I'm listening to God. God is one. So I don't spend a lot of time trying to figure out whether it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Although there are times when I can distinguish those. But that's not been a project of mine particularly. Because I know that uh, I am indwelt by the Spirit of God. I know that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. I know that God the Father, God, the Trinitarian God, the one God, has chosen to be at home in me. And so I, I sometimes think of it in terms of the Holy Spirit, sometimes in terms of Jesus, sometimes the vision is of Jesus, um, not so much the vision of God and the Spirit. Uh, I don't. Um, I, I just all of my connection with God is somehow mediated by the Holy Spirit of God, and so. Um, I sing, Father, I adore you. Jesus, I adore you. Spirit, I adore you. And I understand and affirm what Jewel said about I haven't had these supernatural experiences. I would come at it from a rather different direction. I think that's why God made us complementary in marriage. To me, the longer I've lived, the more all of my life is supernatural everything not and, and God just shows up and speaks things and does things that um, are part of my daily walk with God and I just love it so that's a little bit how I would say it that's good so we got to do a fire round we got six minutes we have six minutes mm -hmm. one sentence fire rounds um, I need like the game show music. Ba -da -ba. What is the best advice you can give someone who wants to walk or be led by the Spirit? You want to start here, Ryan? <laughs> In one sentence. Um, pay any cost to know him. It's mm -hmm. good. I would say read your word, take risks, and submit yourself to biblical leaders. Have a leader that you submit yourself to. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I would say that you have to risk pushing into areas where you will fail. It's part of the process. Children learning to walk don't fall on the rear ends and stay there. They get up and they walk again. You've got to press in or you're never going to walk as God intended his new creation to walk. It's mm -hmm. mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. I would say obey the nudges of the spirit and more will come. But if you turn a deaf ear, you'll quench the spirit. Yep, that's good. Mm -hmm. So again, it builds on what you were saying about taking a risk. Was that really myself or is that a nudge of the spirit? Well, well, mm -hmm. obey and... God will confirm it, and then more will come, and you'll find yourself walking in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. But if you don't 
I think we quench the spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's much the same as has already been said. I think I would just say pray, listen, mm -hmm. obey. I think action is so important. Uh, pray, listen, and obey. And it's much more important to know God mm -hmm. than to know about God. Mm -hmm. There are lots of people who know lots of things about God. Mm -hmm. And some of what we've talked about this morning has been about distinguishing the Trinity and all that. But what's really important is just knowing Him yep. and walking with Him every day. Oh, it's good. I love it. So I'm sitting, hypothetically, I'm sitting out here. The panel is making me really uncomfortable. <laughs> Y'all are making me comfortable. I mean, like, so are you saying I'm missing something? Are you saying... Uh, I'm not saved. Are you say? What are you saying? Because it feels like I have to now become different. And mm -hmm. if I were to answer kind of that question statement type thing, then I'd say, um, yes, meaning this. Let the Spirit bring the one who brings conviction. Let the Spirit mm -hmm. be the one who leads you. Let let the mm -hmm. Word bring chal challenge by choice, right? So. Um, how do you personally distinguish the difference between your heart and the Holy Spirit or the Father speaking to you? <laughs> Isn't that hard? <laughs> Richard, uh, we'll let you take the good one. Well, but I looked at these questions. I thought, yeah, that's probably the hardest one to mm -hmm. describe, uh, to answer. Uh, part of it is just practice. Mm -hmm. you know? you, you, it's something you learn. You learn to hear the Father's voice, the Spirit's voice. Um, but I had a, let me tell a short yes, experience. Please do. So yep. one day um, I told a Turkish friend of mine, we were living in Turkey at the time, who asked me a question. He's, he was asking, uh, am I ready to be baptized? And I thought I knew that he was, but I said, you know, I really don't know for sure that you're ready to be baptized. Why don't you ask God? So he did. And then a couple days later, he came back to me and he said, I want to talk with you alone. We were at a summer camp where people were being baptized. New Turkish believers were being baptized. So we were at the camp and went out along the beach. And he looked at me with awe. And he said, he said, I did it. And I said, what? what did you do? I didn't remember our conversation. He said, I asked God. And then he said, I said, oh, and then I remembered the conversation. Then he said, he said, so I said, so you asked God. And then he said, I heard a voice. God, he said, was that God? And I said, who were you talking to? Oh, he said, I was talking to God. So I said, if you were talking to God, then God made sure you heard his voice. Mm -hmm. That was God. Because the voice said, no, you're not ready. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't. Mm -hmm. But shortly thereafter, he was. And I won't tell that story. But uh, he served mm -hmm. the Lord as a leader and a pastor in this emerging mm -hmm. Turkish church for a lifetime. Um, we, God, as we've said, wants to be our friend. He wants to walk with us every day and he will and he does if we give him half a chance. And we will hear and understand his voice. Um, to distinguish his voice is much easier for me now than it was 30, 40, 50 years ago, but um, I certainly don't have today either all the answers, but if we want to know, we will know, mm -hmm. we will understand, and as we speak to God, he speaks to us, and we don't have to worry about the devil interrupting that one, because God will protect us. Mm -hmm. Amen.
I love the scripture, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so I think the thing that's happened to me in my walk with God is I've truly delighted myself in God. I've learned to trust my own heart more. Mm-hmm. And I realize that my heart, as I'm delighting in God, is actually a reflection of God's heart and I can trust that and I can go with that when there's a question. Is it God or me? Well, mm-hmm. hopefully, as I delight in God, Mm-hmm. He's giving me those desires and I can follow those desires because they're truly desires for mm-hmm. him and for his kingdom first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can be tough. Uh, I think what's required am I on? You're muted. Top button. Yep. All right. Um, I believe it can be tough. I think what's required is not easy. It's to um, empty ourselves of our own desires and to be non-protective mm-hmm. of our reputations mm-hmm. because God will ask you to do the ridiculous. There are prophets who laid in the streets and he's not going to tell you to do this, but they laid in the streets completely naked to prove his point and to to the degree that we are willing to do it God will ask us to do the absolute ridiculous the question is how far are we willing to go with him and if we are willing to go further and further with him will have greater intimacy, and intimacy brings the ability to hear the voice of God. Yeah, the, the Bible says my, my sheep know my voice, and uh, you know sheep actually react to the voice of their shepherd, mm-hmm. um, but a new sheep has to learn the voice of their shepherd. <laughs> and so it really is, it's repetition, um, but luckily we've been given a, a book <laughs> all about him Mm -hmm. Um, and the book reveals the author it doesn't contain him Mm -hmm. and so you know getting into the bible asking open holy spirit you know because even atheists read the bible all the time and go this is this is a fictional story you know but it takes even the holy spirit holy spirit teach me Mm -hmm. open it and teach me Mm -hmm. and you get to read about his character you get to learn about him you get to commune with him over the scripture um, that's one of the most important things. And then over time, you, you know, I, I deal a lot with uh, young adults and, you know, new believers and things like that, a lot of discipleship. And, you know, a lot of people love to jump to, oh my gosh, God told me who my spouse is. God told me to make this huge life decision. And uh, it really is, it's, you build a history with God over the small things. Mm-hmm. You build a history where he tells you something and then later some, that day somebody comes up to you and says it and you're like, oh my gosh, I heard God today. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and you get to see that or God's like speaking to you about a scripture and then two people text you at that day, that same scripture. Hey, I was reading this and thought of you. And you get to see, oh my gosh, I was hearing God. I was communing with mm-hmm. him today. And you build a history that when it comes to the larger life decisions, you know okay, I have a history, I have my lion, I have my bear, so this one isn't a big deal to, to recognize this was God. I have a history of hearing him correctly. Um, so that and then everything Joey said, you know, have, have people, have counsel in your life, have hearing God in community is so much better than doing it on your own. Um, and luckily you guys have people around you, so like having people that you can, that actually believe in you, that they can hear God, that they know God themselves, and you can say, I'm, I'm hearing this, like, <laughs> what do you think of this? Mm-hmm. And let me run this by you, mm-hmm. so. It's good. I would dare to say that you're only as serious, uh, you're, you're only as serious about hearing the voice of God as you are disciplined in reading the word. So, you only want to hear God's voice, you only want to interact with the Trinity as much as you are disciplined in reading the word. So be <laughs> disciplined there first and let all these things um, come about. So I had this uh, story mm-hmm. where a couple months ago, actually last fall, I was walking through our neighborhood and I was praying. I was praying for the church and I said, God, I feel like these are way bigger dreams than I could ever accomplish. Even the leaders at the church, we can't accomplish it. This is way bigger, way bigger. And I said, 
Father, just, just reveal to me that you're speaking to me because I don't want to work at something just because mm-hmm. I have a big dream. I want to work at something because this is mm-hmm. you. Just reveal it to me, God. Like, reveal mm-hmm. it to me. I need to see a woman in a red sweater. <laughs> I need to see it. In Jesus' name, amen. Walk and walk and walk, and I turn the quarter, and here comes a woman. It's at dusk, walking in a red sweater. Mm-hmm. And I said, praise God. Like, I'm not, I'm not giving up on this dream. And then here's where I distinguish it. It was like, okay, God, do I minister to this woman? And that's where, that's where the distinguish comes. Hmm. It's dusk, a woman by herself. What does the word say? It's probably not a good idea, right? Hmm. Don't, don't follow this woman where she's walking. Don't minister Hmm. to her. It's dark. So you know what I did? (laughs) I didn't. I just said, God, if you need to minister to her, you're going to send someone. Yeah. But my heart was like, oh, God, you're on the move. Like, my heart's like, yeah, anointing, anointing, anointing. But God's wisdom says, dude, you're a married man in a ministry role. Yeah. Just go home. Yeah. I love her more than you love her. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I did? This dude went home, and I ate my leftover Chipotle. So uh, let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the questions and the conversation. Father, I just pray that that as we read your word, that you would come alive, Mm -hmm. that as we uh, position ourselves each day to hear from you, that uh, we would begin to create a greater relationship with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Mm -hmm. Thank you for loving us and interceding for us. (laughs) May this church, may this uh, region just become on fire for you. In Mm -hmm. Jesus' name, amen.